to speak on financial stewardship. Financial stewardship. Amen. That's what I'm going to be speaking on this morning. Uh, I, I would like you also to please check out the tape stand. We had some series on finance we did some few months ago so that you can pick them up. Because we're definitely going to, we're not going to be referring to so many of those things anymore. I'm not going to be looking into some of those things which I taught for almost a month. So I would like you to get those CDs for your own consumption that will help you to understand part of the things I'm about to say. And it's a kind of build up as well. So this morning, like I said, I'm speaking of financial stewardship and I'm just going to believe God to give you grace and understanding and wisdom in the things that I'm going to be saying in a very simple way. Basically, this morning, I intend to give you two major principles or keys or reasons or causes, if you will, why you should be able to be a giver. Amen. So, the first one, let's begin to read from the book of First Peter. Financial stewardship. First Peter. I'm looking at chapter 4. In verse number 10, First Peter, chapter 4, verse number 10. Bible says, As every man had received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Hallelujah. Now, what I want you to see there is the word steward. Steward. That's why I said I'm talking about financial stewardship. Okay? Alright, now the word steward in the Greek is economous. It means a house distributor. That is a manager. Hallelujah. Or an overseer. I would like to stop in those simple definitions. You can talk about a governor or steward, whatever the case may be. But the key thing is, a steward is a manager. So, if you look at the word steward and you see it to be manager, it simply means, if we're talking about financial stewardship, we're talking about financial management. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. We're talking about financial management. That's what a steward means. Okay. Now, I also want you to see how that it is connected to grace. Alright? Okay. Now, you just turn to the book of Luke. Go to the book of Luke for me. Luke chapter number 12. And let's look at... 
41 to 42 of Luke chapter 12. Financial stewardship. Luke 12, 41, 42. The Bible says, Then Peter said to him, Now, Jesus cannot give a parable. Jesus said to him, Lord, speak thou this parable unto us or even to all. Verse 42, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Amen? Are you still there with me? Now, if, if Jesus is saying this, it means he has appointed some people to be stewards in his house. Okay. And for these stewards to make distribution means they are managers. Are you there? Now, from these two scriptures, you can just simply put one on one together and you come to conclusion as to what I'm trying to say. You have something that God has given to you to manage. And that is finance. I'm trying to bring you to the place of understanding in this way. That God have intended to give you money that you can manage. Do you understand what I'm saying? And... When you know how to manage whatever he has given to you, it brings you to the place of rulership. One of the things that qualifies you to experience and manifest the dominion mandate is your ability to handle money. Those who can handle money and not qualify for true dominion mandates. See, the Lord puts it this way. He that is faithful in little shall be faithful in much. So it doesn't matter yet how much you have and how much you doesn't have. If you can manage 500,000 successfully, and grow it. God is not expecting to deliver a million to your hand. And as we go on, you're going to understand something because I'm also going to define for you what wealth means. So that you can understand that God intends to give you money through wealth. Wealth is not. Now, let, let, let me not run ahead of time or what I'm intending to say. Now, go to another scripture. But you see this one there? The Lord whom then said, who is faithful and wise steward. So, stewardship demands faithfulness and what? Wisdom. That is a wise steward. That also means there could be a foolish steward. Hallelujah. John 3. Let's look at something. John 3. I look at verse 27. Scripture says, Jesus answered and said, A man, I mean John answered and said, A man can receive nothing 
except it be given him from above. That means there is a giving that comes from above. That means there is a financial empowerment that comes from above. That means God intends to give you some amount of wealth that you need to manage. Again, the scripture makes us to understand you can't just launch into wealth except the ability is given to you from above. Is that alright? Look at what the scripture says. No man can receive what? Anything or nothing except. Therefore, if you are prosperous today, you need to understand that it is a giving that came from above. Now, I want you to know that this is very important because if you make me give to you, or I'm going to make you see why you should be faithful in your stewardship. Now, if something is given to you, it means you did not just originate it. You received it or you inherited it. But the demand of the one that gave it to you is that you do what? You manage it. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. So God intends you to have. And God has made provision for you to do what? To have. Go to First Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I look at verse number 7. Scripture says, For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou did not receive? I want you to know that. Now, if thou did receive it, what does that glory? As if thou have not received it. In other words, don't you ever imagine that wealth that you are going to be enjoying in life is done by your own effort. Hallelujah. John said, no man can receive anything from him except it is given to him from above. Is that okay? Paul is saying, what do you think? What makes you a different person? In other words, by implication, there are certain things you have in your life and you must not attribute them to your own power or to even genealogical trait as to say, well, you got them from your parents. God made this provision for you. Everything you ever enjoy in life is given to you by who? By God. That is why you are a steward. So basically, everybody is a steward. Amen? There are resources that God has deposited in your life and that God is bringing into your hand that God intends you to manage them. You are a steward. Hallelujah. So the first thing to realize is that you can receive nothing. You can never have nothing except it is given to you from above. Is that okay? You are therefore a steward of the resources of God. So your money is not your money. You are only entrusted by God to keep that money. Are you sitting there with me? The ability you ever have 
to make money. It's part of the wealth that God have deposited in your life to enable you make words so that you can be a distributor. Because the first thing that God spoke to Abraham, I'm going to bless you that you become what? A blessing. Therefore, Abraham was a steward of God's resources. Is that okay? So, first of all, acknowledge the source of your words. That is very primary. What is the source of your words? Now, if you know the source of your words, if you can acknowledge the source of your words, you're going to do something. And that is where we're going to. Hallelujah. Now, get now with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Deuteronomy chapter number 8, and then... uh, he saw when God was speaking to the children of Israel. But I'm going to be reading from verse 17. Deuteronomy chapter 8, I'm reading from verse 17. Praise the Lord. And thou may say in thy heart, God is kind of warning. And thou may say in thy heart, my power and the mind of my hand have gotten me these words. Now, that is a tendency. You know, sometimes we keep thinking that we are very smart. That's why we are succeeding in business. Are you, are you still there? God knows this. He knows what's in the heart of man. And like I told him, I took you through the wilderness to prove you to find out what is going to be in your heart. Whether you still follow me with all your heart. Is that okay? And then I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to give you words. But again... So that you don't go thinking that it is by your own power that you have become wealthy. You don't have what it takes to be a wealthy man. Hallelujah. Did you get what I'm talking about? You don't have what it takes to be a wealthy man. You don't have it. Everything you will ever have or get in life is given to you from above. God is the source. What you call smartness is simply God's wisdom that he deposited in your life. That's what makes the difference between you and the other man doing the same business. Are you sitting with me? You must recognize the source of your words. You must recognize why and how you have become rich. It is by not by your own power, not by your own strength, not by your own might that you became rich. Not at all. Not because of where you were born into. Not because of where you came from. Not because you went to school. No. Like Pastor Mike said in the morning, there are people who have been to school and they have nothing to show for it other than curriculum vitae resumes. Eh? Four or five pages. Eh? Nothing to show for it. The only thing that they can ever present to anybody is their certificate and their resumes. Nothing to show for it. So, your success in life is not because you are smart. Your success in life is not because you went to school. Are you still there? But I want you to acknowledge where the power is coming from. I want you to know who is giving you the ability to do whatever thing you are doing. 
verse number 18 now says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to do what? To get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which is sworn to thy fathers as it did this day. There is something driving God to make you become wealthy because God is bound by his words. When he told Abraham, I'm going to make you rich, it's not going to end with Abraham. It will flow from Abraham to his children. And Galatians tells us, we are Abraham's children by faith. Now, this again makes me to see this, or I have to tell you this. You don't have any cause to be afraid that somebody can take your word if this man did not give you the word. Nobody can take what he didn't give. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nobody can. There is no power that can take your money. There is no power that can take your word because there is no other power that gave you that word. Only God gave to you. Therefore, God can preserve it. But besides that, you must get ready to be prosperous. Why? Because it is part of the covenant of God with your father. And he said he wants to establish it with you. It is part of the covenant God made with your father. Now, if you can't be successful in life, it means the covenant God made with your father have not started working in your life. Hallelujah. Therefore, my success is not dependent on my ability, but it depended on the covenant that God made with my father as I believe and trust in what God has said. Because he who has said this will not fail. Hallelujah. Now, most people associate works. Let me try to define this. The word works. It is God that gives us the power to get wealth. Most people associate wealth with money. Or just savings or investment or homes. Or some kind of financial capitals. You know, this is where our mind, when you talk about wealth, the first thing that comes to your mind is how many houses you got in, how many cars you have. Alright? But, the word words, in the last series I defined it, the word words actually come from two old English words, which means well and being. That is, well being. Amen? It is God that giveth the power to get words, or to be in a state of well being. Right? And when you come to the state of well-being, basically you come into the place where you are complete in your entire system. Your joy is not disturbed. Your peace is maintained. Your health is stable. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Your business is stable. You see, it's well-being. All-round well-being. That is what wealth means. So, wealth goes beyond money. You may have money, but you don't have well-being. 
Praise the Lord. Sicknesses could be ravaging the whole of your body. And yet, there is money. And money can give you health. So, your well-being is what God is after. And He said, I give you power to get wealth. In other words, you will not just only have your body, you will also have money, and you have your body to enjoy the money. Naturally, we just can't know that it is the man that doesn't have food that gets hungry so easily. The man that have no food. Am I right? Come on, am I right? It's a man that have no food that gets hungry so easily. But the man that have the free stock, drink everywhere. The question is, what are you going to eat? Oh, I don't even know what to eat right now. They get confused. What to eat is a problem. The choice of what to eat is a problem. If I thought of the food, get them feel already. Let me just drink something and sleep. But the hungry man, oh my God, what is in the kitchen? <laughs> are you sitting there with me? Now God wants you to be fooled at the choice of how to eat will be a problem. That is not what's going to be your problem and not looking for what to eat. The choice of what to eat or the choice of what to drink. That is not what's going to be your problem. Maybe you come to a time you need to pray now as to which one to eat. I mean God wants you to be in a state of well-being. Now, picture Abraham. He had nothing. He had no lack. Even when people would say, can I, he defeated King Sans. Can you take this? Say, no, 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 I can't take anything. Taking something from me equal to saying, you made me rich. But I believe in the source. And I know the man that promised me have made me rich. I need nothing from you. A time will come in your life when you will never demand anything from anybody. Amen. You know, there's a kind of reproach sometimes when some people phone ring. And your phone ring and you look at the thing, you see somebody's number. You are disturbed. Why? It happened to me a few weeks ago. Now, I, I wasn't too happy about it, not because it, the phone rang in that sense, but... I didn't have the ability to meet the demand of the person and I didn't want to receive the call anymore. The person was in demand, fine. I'm supposed to meet the demand, but I couldn't. So when the person called, I don't know what to explain. I felt bad. But it shouldn't be so. It should be a thing of joy that you put in a smile on somebody's face. That is the kind of life I really want to live. I don't see anybody going to meet Abraham for a need and Abraham couldn't meet the need. Man, that is my father's state. And that is what we must come into. Are you still there with me? Imagine that man with how many thousands and hundreds of servants and, huh? With, with wives and children and, I can't picture how many cows were being slaughtered in a day in Abraham's house. It is the same God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Pastor, how can I come in today? Just relax. He will promise he's faithful. Amen? Again, the word economy, for instance, economics, comes from the Greek word economia, which is what we are talking about, which means the management of the household. That's in the English language. Okay, now, 
the word words in this particular passage of Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18 means a force. Whether of men, means, or other resources, an army, it means what? It means valor, it means strength, it means ability, all of that. Now, it simply means the skills you have in your business is part of the word God has given to you. In other words, God gives you words to create words. Are you getting that? Let me tell you this. Even ordinary driving is words. Because not everybody can drive dexterously. Not everybody. Is that okay? If you really want to prove that you know how to drive, go and drive boulevard. Can you see this people are carrying money, the kind of speed we could drive on the road? Some of you can't be able to maintain that speed if you're on the steering. Fear will grip you. Am I talking to somebody? That will tell you that there are some people who have the natural ability to drive on very high speed, which you cannot drive. Even if the car is stable, you can't maintain it. It is worth Ability for you to do construction work. Even as a carpenter, is worth. If you follow the word God has given to you, which is your ability, people call it natural ability, but I call it spiritual endowment or divine endowment. If you follow your divine endowment, it brings you to word. So God gives you words to do what? To make words. Last week, drove with Maxwell to, to his shop, met a lady, fixing her, and taking care of about eight children, just fixing her. And it was shocking, because you've got to realize that even two people were waiting for the first one to go so that he can come in, fixing her. Some of you have these fingers, you can't walk. God gave you the fingers to make words. It's not a big thing. It's right on your inside. Eight children. Sixty here. You are doing fasting and prayer. No, man. It's not part of the word God has given. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your fasting and prayer is to discover the word that is not right on your inside. Are you there? Eight children. And we even saw some coming from school. She's paying school fees. Eight children fixing her by the roadside. If we don't be some women, they will end up being beggars. Oh God, just try to help me see them. <laughs> Say how many? They are, they are about seven. You see them. What do you mean see them? You brought them here. Hallelujah. Fixing here. Okay. Assuming the kids were not there. And she is doing that. She could have some good savings. Am I right? So what is coming? She's wealthy. Fixing here. All she will need to do at the end of the day is to invest and buy more of those attachments, open a big shop, and there she's going. But you know, it's not everybody that can fix it. Good. That's why the Bible talks about the gift that is in you. 
by the grace of God. Everybody's got something. Locate your gift and money will come. Hallelujah. Turn to Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. Come on, pass it, but I want to read it from three translations. Proverbs 10 verse 22. I'm reading from the message translation. And it says, God's blessings makes life rich. Can I hear an to that? Nothing we do can improve on God. Nothing. Oh no. Okay, take another translation. Uh, just look at the living Bible. So that you can understand what it means when we say nothing we do can improve God. Not necessarily improve God, but there's nothing we do that can improve on what God has given to you. Look at that. The living Bible. The Lord's blessing is our greatest works. Can I hear an amen? All our work adds up to what? Nothing. <laughs> Especially if you are expending energy on the areas that God has not really endowed you with. It amounts to what? Nothing. So, when the Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it makes life rich. In other words, life has to be lived in a rich state. And that's what I was discovering the first time. There's a difference between just being in life and living a rich life. When all that you need answers to you. Hallelujah. Some of you, you'll be changing your apartment very soon. Because you have to live well. Hallelujah. And your children have to eat well too. Listen, don't you ever think, because I remember in those days they used to say that the, the children doesn't eat eggs because you make them steal. How many of you remember that? You heard that before? That children, oh, come on, that's poverty. You can't buy eggs and you say you make your children steal. No, no, no. It gives them protein, makes their brain go well. They will even tell you not eat fish. It will make you steal from the pot. No. Buy fish, people. Let your children eat real protein. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Rich life. Don't give them trash. And when they started misbehaving, you'll be wondering and thinking about the devil. They were eating trash. They are manifesting trash. Praise the Lord. You'll be rich enough to take care of your children. Because the covenant that God made with your father. Glory to God. You got some fridge, it's about time you're going to be loading it, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember visiting a brother in this church and we were living. And he made a phone call. And I don't visit often, so when I visit, it's great. And I was living and what he brought was like a whole crate of mineral from the fridge. So I was wondering how many were inside. <laughs> Glory to God. 
If if just a visit you are bringing something that is close to a cup, I mean a crate, that means in that fridge, I was just picturing about four or five crates. This guy is great, you know. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Man, it's serious. You can't live. You see, listen, I like this. You say, God's blessing make life rich. Hey, so there is a life that is not rich. I'm not talking about you being rich. I'm talking about the life you live being rich. Somebody say, Pastor, thank you so much. Now I know how to load my fridge. Ah, okay, go ahead. It has to be according to your pocket, eh? Hallelujah. We've just been told about why spending this money. Am I right? So if it is out to be loading your fridge with chemicals, praise God. <laughs> that is the balance. Okay, okay. Let's read this from the Amplified. It says, The blessings of the Lord, it makes truly rich, and he had no sorrow with it, neither does toiling increase it. Oh my God. You are not born to toil. <laughs> toiling is men that eat the bread of sorrow. No toiling. Life we answer to you. I say life we answer to you. Because it's a covenant. And covenant have nothing to do with you. It has to do with the man that entered into the covenant. And we already know that God entered the covenant by himself for you. So it is not you. The blessings of the Lord, no toiling in it. No sweat. No unnecessary dissipation of energy. No, sir. But the word comes, the money comes. Minor ideas, simple ideas. The word comes. The money begins to answer to you. While others are sweating because you are in a covenant, the money just keeps coming. So money comes. I say money comes. I say money comes. Are you ready to receive it? Praise the living God. Okay. Now, when the money begins to come, let me show you the only way by which we can truly know you recognize your source. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Uh, we just read it from a little bit of a long reading. Let's read it from the living Bible. Luke chapter 7. I'm reading from verse 36 to 48. Luke 7. Your business must prosper because it's a covenant business. Hallelujah. Are we there in the book of Luke chapter number 7? I'm reading from verse 36. From the Living Bible. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to come to his home for lunch. Jesus accepted the invitation. Just like the one I went. Eh? 
As they sold down to eat, a woman of the streets, a prostitute, heard he was there and brought in an exquisite flask filled with expensive perfume. Going in, she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping with her tears, falling down upon his feet, and she wiped them off their, off with her hair and kissed them and poured the perfume on them. When Jesus holds, a Pharisee saw what was going on or happening. And who the woman was, he said to himself, this proved that Jesus is no prophet. For if God had really sent him, he would have known what kind of woman this one is. Verse 40. Then Jesus spoke up and answered his thoughts. And I like this. This is why I picked this translation. I've always told you in this place, God answers your prayer even as he answers your thoughts. So mind what you think. The man wasn't saying anything. Jesus answered his thoughts. The Lord will do exceedingly. Above all that you ask or think. Your thinking is as powerful as your prayers. Are you still there? I thought of something in my life some years back. I was just thinking about it. When I saw this, I was just thinking about it. And I got it. It came. Thoughts are powerful. Is that okay? Now, the Bible says, Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. All right, teacher. Simon replied, go ahead. Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people. Five thousand to one. And five hundred dollars to the other. But neither of them could pay him back. So he kindly forgave them both. Letting them keep the money. Which do you suppose love him most after that? I suppose the one who owed him the most. Simon answered. Correct. Jesus agreed. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon. Look. It's like saying look at this woman. See this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home. You didn't bother to offer me what to wash my feet. Or to dust from my feet. But she has washed them with her hairs. And wiped them with her hair. You refused me the customary kiss of greeting. But she has kissed my feet again and again and again from time I came in here. You neglected your usual courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head. But she has covered my feet with rare perfume. Therefore, her sins, and they are many, are forgiven. For she loved me much. But one who is forgiven little, Show little love. And he said to her, Your sins are what? Forgiven. Your inability to give proportionately is directly connected to the fact that you do not recognize the value of the forgiveness God has forgiven you in relation to your salvation. Hallelujah. 
They say, wait. People talk about raising money sometimes. You know, it's funny when we do raising of money in the church. You say, Jesus gave a simple illustration. He said, look at me. Look at this. You know why? Now, something you need to understand about that is this. You see, this woman, what she gave to Jesus that day, record as the equivalent of a one-day wage, is about 30,000 pounds sterling. Multiply that to your naira. That is the equivalent of what she gave to Jesus one offering. One offering. 30,000 pounds sterling. You get what I'm talking about? Because she valued her salvation. She recognized her salvation. Do you know something? Oh, people say this was a prostitute. That means they always see her. No, you know, what kind of woman is this? She was more or less an outcast in the societies. The kind of person that people look down upon. Amen? She has no value as far as human dignity is concerned because she was tagged what? A prostitute. Now, by reason of connecting to Jesus, her status changed. You can no longer refer to her as a status now. That was the problem of the, of the, of the Simon the man. Look, can this woman. But Jesus came to pick you from where you were supposed never. I mean, ordinarily, by yourself. You can't come out of it. People look at you and say, who is this? But all of a sudden, because you are connected to Jesus, he picked you up. But people can look at you and say, hey man, is this the guy of yesterday? You were just poor, you can't even, you can't even buy a bicycle, but now you're driving, is that the guy of yesterday? Now, you don't need any pastor to tell you to give an offering to the Lord. Recognizing what Jesus has done for you will touch your pocket. Am I talking to somebody? Your wallet can open by itself as you value your salvation. As you value the position that God has brought you into. Hallelujah. That reminds me yesterday we were having a meeting. Everybody was there talking, talking. I was just relaxing. And somebody said, excuse me, everybody be talking. We need to hear pastor talk to us. And I was just wondering. I've noticed. Say, no, 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 no. You have to address this house. We believe that there is something you will tell this house that will move this house forward. But as everybody is talking, say no. Now everybody has to keep silent. The kind of silence I never address. I mean, I've never seen. While others were talking, you know what it means? This one talking, this one talking. But when I stood up to talk, everybody keep quiet. From the, the, I mean, they just went there to hear Jesus come out. There's a level of honor you receive in the society because of who you are connected to. It's enough for you to open your wallet. Can I hear an amen to that? Nothing is too expensive for you to give to the Lord if you recognize the position he has placed you today in the society. Nothing. This woman knew. Hey man, look at me. A prostitute. Nobody wants to identify with. Are you getting what I'm talking about? But right now, I'm connected to the man of God, the prophet of God, and my status have changed. 
Oh my God, listen to me. You see, he poured the perfume on Jesus. As Jesus will be smelling fine, herself will be smelling fine because she used her hair to rub the perfume too. Both of them have the same aroma. Oh, come on here. Glory to God. Did you get what I'm talking about there? The same fragrance. From that day, if, if that woman moved out, she's not going to smell the prostitute. She'll be smelling Jesus. Because he broke it on her. Jesus is smelling differently now. Herself picked the aroma. And as she left that house, nobody will ever address her as a prostitute anymore. In fact, she's now a disciple of Jesus. Status have changed. Hallelujah. She knew this. And so she had to offer without anybody calling for an offering time. <laughs> you know what we do in church? Offering time, blessing time. Others mm. <laughs> are just trying to whip some sentiment and people. And Man, if you know the value of your salvation, forget about that. You don't expect anybody to tell you to give to the Lord. You don't. Hallelujah. As your money increases, your offering increases. It's proportionate. Because you see, the salvation and the power to get where the more you are increasing it, where the more your offering increases. So, if you were giving 200 naira, and that was the level of words, God takes you beyond that. It doesn't have to be 200 anymore. That is proportionate grace giving. Did you hear what I'm talking about here? Proportionate grace giving. Not by law. Proportionate grace giving. As it comes to you, you release. As you are taken up, it increases. You don't expect people to begin to force them out of your pocket. No, man. This is somebody that was supposed to be called a prostitute. But her status changed. She recognized that. And she doled out 30,000 pounds sterling. One offering. For Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So she did all of this in recognition of her salvation. What you give to God is determined by the value you have of God's saving grace. Can I hear an amen to that? Alright. Let me show you something now. That's what I'm trying to say. The last thing I want to show you. What you give is determined by the value you place on God's saving grace. Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. Let's look at verse number 4. Romans 2, verse number 4. Hallelujah. Are we there? Scripture says, All despises thou the riches of his goodness, and forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God does what? Leadeth thee to repentance. In other words, you didn't choose to be saved. That's why you are saved. God determined that you should be saved and gave you the power to believe into the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? Just like that woman, she recognized something about that. Now, if you can recognize that, well, I'm not a believer just because I intended to be a believer, but this is God's own handiwork from behind the scene, 
put in the desire for me to accept Jesus, and that you value what he has done, your giving is proportionate, therefore, to that value placed on what God has done for you, being a saved person, or a believer, or a child of Abraham. Hallelujah. I want you to see that it is not your choice that you are saved. It's not even your choice that you are hearing what you are hearing. It is God's intentions, it's God's mind to transform your life, to bring you to a higher status, not only in life, but in creation, that you may conform to the very image that God intended originally to bring you into. Your understanding of this gives value to who you are. Now you can value yourself by reason of the world you are connected to, and you can give proportionately, and you can be able to dispense. Why are you dispensing? Because in the true sense of it, you are simply a steward of what he has given to you. Praise the living God, somebody. So we're dealing with financial stewardship. We are saying you can't be a true steward until you understand your source, which is God. Are you there with me? And then the grace that has deposited in your life in relation to your being saved as a child of God. Do you understand what I've just said this morning? Praise the living God. I see finances coming your way. That you may prove what you've heard. Because of the truth, you are the stewards of God. And you are not just steward, you are also financial steward. What I mean is, you are managers of God's resources. And so shall it be in the name of Jesus Christ. 